She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. That man is just hot Latin loveliness. Ship up or ship out, man. Like Exploring your sexuality. Healthy. But does it have to be with the Prince of England? An ocean is a chastity belt. (laughs) And I cannot think of a better way to define current American politics other than that. Yeah. HRH Prince Dickhead Poop Emoji. It's like a PR blitz. It's very naughty. Good job. That's the best synopsis we've had so far. Hey. Hey, lady. How are Uh, you? Good. I'm here. You know, it's been a long week. Hang on. I have to uh, silence my phone. Okay. Why does my phone not recognize me when I'm wearing makeup? Rude. That is some disrespectful technology. So rude. It's the eyebrows. I I love you, but you have no eyebrows. I don't have eyebrows. Uh, I definitely pencil them on, but it's not because I like wax them or like tweeze them. It's not like a 90s. But your natural hair color is really faint. So it is. It is. I um I have a quote unquote natural redhead that um that my stylist makes sure to maintain, but really I am <laughs> a blonde. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's Tater. Livia's eyebrows, that's so funny. When she was started doing theater and we had to get her makeup, yeah. I took her over to uh Sephora Aww. and they, and because we had to get theater makeup and she called and I took her in there and she's like, Mommy, I have eyebrows. <laughs> yes, Livia, you have I never really knew it was like a thing until like my students were like, why don't you have any eyebrows? I was like, what do you mean? Why don't I have any eyebrows? I'm like, I just. My brows of eyes are fine. Thank you. They're like, like, why do you keep waxing them off? And I'm like, I don't. That's a thing. People wax and shave their eyebrows off. People do. Not me. Not me. No, I'm not. So. But I definitely look alien like without them. Oh, hey. So episode five. We're here on episode five. We are going to talk about today Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, I think is how you say her last name. McQuiston. I think that's right. I think. I think that's right. Maybe McQuiston. Something like that. So last year, you actually pretty much forced me to read this book. You told me several times. Every time we talked, you're like, you have to read this. You will love it. And she was right. I loved this book. I'm so glad you loved it. I'm so glad. I love this book. Um, so this, I read it again for the pod. Um, so this is actually the third Same. time that I've read it in a year. I've already read it once again, again in 2021. <laughs> so it is a comfort read. I is. will say that it is. Um, so the first time I read it, I did the audiobook, and um, like I love audiobooks. We've we've talked about how we both like audiobooks on this pod before, and like it is reading. It is legitimately reading. Um, but, but I there's kinda, a lot of us that um. Reading's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I know. Um, and for me, it's like a comfort thing. I, I read when I'm in the shower and when I'm in the car. Um, like, that's why I do the audiobooks. I used to have a very long drive um, to work. And so that's what I was doing. Um, but this audiobook was one of those. I went through this phase where I read like four audiobooks back to back that were like very naughty. And I was like, <laughs> whoo, this is hot. <laughs> and this was one of those. Um, and so then this year I bought the physical book and read it again and now have read it again to prepare for this discussion. Well, I bought the physical book because after I listened to the audio the first time, I'm like, as as a writer, I actually wrote a note about this because I was yeah. um 
the formatting, the choicing of yeah. using emails and texts. And yeah. as a writer, I find that interesting. I always love when authors do different formatting yeah. styles to break up the book. It always fascinates me. And we'll I get think, into this and when I think we cover fangirl, and we too. Will def- we will definitely talk more about um, the writing style a little bit later, but I thought I'd give a quick like overview summary of what this book is about. Um, so Red, White, and Royal Blue uh, is, uh, from first-person point of view, the main character, his name is Alex Claremont Diaz, and he is the um, the first son of the United States. His mom is our first female president and was elected in 2016. And um, he is, his arch nemesis is Henry, the Prince I'm of I'm going to air England. quote that. <laughs> yes. Henry, the Prince of England. Who whose mother is a princess and whose father was um, James Mother James, Bond. James Bond. <laughs> um, Leave that, please, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> which is just amazing. Um, and they are arch, they are arch nemesis, and and um, in, in, in Alex's mind, I don't think Henry sees it that way. Absolutely not, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Um, uh, Alex and his sister, uh, attend, um, attend the royal wedding of Henry's older brother, who will be king. Um, and Philip. yes, his name is Philip and he's very posh and, um, snooty. he's kind this of a my dick. snooty face. Do you like it? Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, Alex gets into an argument with Henry while he is drunk. Well, Alex is drunk, not Henry, although Henry might be drunk. I don't know. Uh, they destroy a really Five, expensive wedding $5, cake. dollar wedding cake. No, it's more than that. It was like is it? It was like seven something. Oh God, bless. Hard it was, pass. It was a lot. Um, and because seventy five thousand dollars, <laughs> the cake was seventy five thousand dollars, and they destroy it. Why? And, be- and because this becomes headlines if, um, if you've paid that much for a wedding cake leave a comment and i want to know why <laughs> don't ever do that that's disgusting um so alex it, it has to have a fake friendship now with henry uh to save face for the american politicians and for the royal family and consequently develops a friendship with henry which ends up leading to banging these it boys turns into a romantic relationship. Yes. Okay. They, they do, do not have a romantic relationship initially. They are fuck buddies. <laughs> that is true. Then they become romantically entwined. <laughs> they are indeed the fuck buddies. Yes. Now, uh, interesting uh, thing about this book. Well, we know it's LGBTQ uh, uh, relationship because we have uh, Alex is, and Henry are both men. Um, Henry is a gay man in the royal family, which what would happen if we had a gay royal? Um, and yes, and Alex doesn't, uh, he identifies as straight when we start this book. Right. Um, and so there's definitely not just this romance that's LGBTQ, but there is also a coming of age and a coming out and all that encompasses that. And it's all involved in a political scandal. <laughs> and that's oh, so many amazing things <laughs> yeah so uh synopsis. Yeah. good job thank you very much good job that's the best synopsis we've had so far it's almost like i have a degree in studying literature <laughs> hey i can fill in the blanks i just can't 
We've said this. I can't say the words. We know it's that. Fine. It's all good. Words are hard. All right. Words so, are hard. Molly's so mantra. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about this. All right. So I kind of have, a, we have a list of questions um, that I have, I have for you, Molly. Yeah. And uh, we have some notes. We Guys, listeners, we are getting more prepared. Double-sided. We are taking notes. <laughs> we are listening to your comments. Well, also, we when we dive into books we both really love, mm-hmm. there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, like, there is. Um, so without doing too much spoilery, April has been doing Discovery and I reading Discovery of Witches, and I've been reading Fangirl. And her and I have been texting nonstop back and yeah. forth. Like, yeah. And yeah, the other reading each other's favorite books has been amazing, but it's fu- it, you guys are gonna love it because I think we, it's gonna it, be fun. It's gonna be really fun. But my point is, we're they're gonna be longer episodes probably because <laughs> we're becoming so prepared. We'll do our best to keep them to the hour, but um, I make no promises. You, you guys know in this duo, I make no promises. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep us on task. Um, okay. So Molly, first question I've got for you here. So the way that this is presented in here, we have the White House trio. Which, which I is, love. Which is Alex and his sister uh, and the first grand, second granddaughter. So it's the no. granddaughter. I just moved my whole table. Not Nora. <laughs> what? Okay. Nora's Nora. Yeah. Nora's a granddaughter. She's the granddaughter of the uh, vice president. Right. Um, and they make up the White House trio. And we kind of see this uh, this American first family and second family as our our answer to royals. Right. What do you think about that? Are our politicians I... our royals? No. No. Because the royal family is passed down by genealogy and blood and we elect and select in countries that have royal families. It is frowned upon to talk down about the crown. Here, it's okay that you have a difference of opinion with the politicians. Here, well, go ahead. Here, it's okay to vote for somebody and still dislike some of their policies. There, your queen's your queen. Buck up, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you about that because. Number one, when I lived in England, a lot of people have things to say about the royal family. Right. I mean, it's um, just frowned upon. They're just right. Well, they're not going to off with your heads. It's not Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I mean, I. Um, mean, but... <laughs> uh, and and although our politicians are are elected, we have a lot of generational politicians in this country. Right. Right. And they do talk about that in this book. Alex right. intends to follow in his both his parents are politicians. Right. Um, and he intends to follow in those footsteps. Um. I, I don't know. I tend to think I don't really think of the first family as royal because we've never had a first family that like we were able to do that with. I think maybe okay, the Kennedys. So the Kennedys. That's exactly where my that. mind was going. The yeah. Kennedys were treated that way, right? Right. And then tragedy struck and everyone mourned in the whole country the way they mourned when, you know, the queen died and Diana died. I right. mean, if any, if we're gonna say there is American royalty at any point, I would say it's the Kennedys. I don't think at this in this book we're getting that premise only yeah. because I'm seeing uh, the president. I I'm seeing her like every other president. She's right. she's you know she's a politician. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's all these things. Yeah, I don't, and it's not that her character isn't strong and mm. 
and powerful. It's just she does not give a regal presence. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that character. You know what I mean? And I honestly think it was such a smart Ellen, choice. that's the mom's name. Ellen, Ellen. yes. Um, Ellen Claremont. I, I honestly think it was such a smart choice to make them Texans. Yes. Because, like, Molly and I – well, Molly still lives in Texas, but I lived in Texas for four years. Um, and there is something very unique about Texas. If you're one of our Texas listeners, holla. Thank you. Um, thank you for <laughs> listening. There's something very unique about Texas. Um, Texans believe Texas is numero uno, and it should be its the own country again. Night, yeah. Right. <laughs> in the heart of Texas. Like, it's, it's its own thing. Like, there's right. really, if you are in Texas and you are a Texan, there is Texas. It is religion. Love. It is Bible yes. here. They, and they mention, um, they mention a monument in Texas that's bigger than the one in Washington, D.C. because everything's bigger in Texas. And that is a legit thing. It is like, a real thing. Because Texans love Texans. And I think making her a Texan, uh, I, I just, it was a perfect choice. Also, the narrator of the audiobook does a really great job with her voice. Perfect. Like, he, he has an awesome, like... Which, it, okay. It's hilarious. It's and amazing. And Texas has regional accents. It does, does yeah. And the, he nailed the regional access, na, mm-hmm. um, access, regional accent for mm-hmm. her because yes. of where they place her in the book. It is, yeah. and the accent of the dad, right? Yeah. He is Cali and he is in Texas yeah. and they, and he's from Mexico city. Right. So he's got and that uh, blended the Latin narration. Accent. I will yeah. give a big thumbs up to the narrator. Oh, for and, sure. And I'll put it in the notes. Let's put it in the notes or the comments of who it is because okay. he, he's so good. He is yeah. so good. He's so good. Good and, star, um, buddy. Yeah, 100%. And I, um, uh, something, well, no, we'll come back to that. But um, uh, so White House trio. This is why I think the whole idea of the president's family being like royals works in this book. Okay. Um, they adopt this name, the White House Trio, to represent Alex. It's like a PR blitz. And, and Nora. Yes, it is. And it's been approved. Like, it's literally something that was debated. Tested. On what we're call them. And, yeah. Right, right, right. And um, I, I think the decision to call them that and to paint them in the light as a group, and they are made up of. Well, Alex points out that he and Nora are slightly too young to be millennials. They're actually Gen Zers. <laughs> yeah. But they they call them all millennials. And I think mm-hmm. that young adult, that millennial moniker, that this generation of millennials and Gen Zers, and I fall just above the millennial mark. And I'm like right there in the in-between. Right, right. I, I, I Depends on what chart right you look at. Right. I'm right in the middle of... Uh, of the two. So, uh, but millennials and Gen Zers, there is a different level of fame and yeah. that comes from social media and the white they house nail trio, it. they nail it. There's they a social media presence and they nail it and they are sort of I, like royalty. I love they, all three of them. She wrote them very thought out. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, they're well, as characters on their own, they are, Solid Alex, Nora, and June are all right. solid characters on their own. But she set them up to be able to stand alone and need be codependent at the same time. Right. It is it's really good writing. It's really good it writing. Is. It is. And um 
you know, I'll, I call out authors when they make lazy decisions and sloppy right. writing decisions. And I, I don't, the, there's one part of this book that I find to be a little lazy okay. and that happens towards the end. Um, and that's that, uh, oh, what is her name? Zara? I'm pretty sure her name is Zara, but, um, the person that she's engaged to, and I don't want to give away the spoiler on that one. If you haven't read all the way to the end of the book, this doesn't happen to the end, but Zara is engaged to somebody. And I think that connection is a little lazy and incestuous in this book. And, and unnecessary. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was unnecessary. And also I want to know how the fuck they met each other. Like Zara, yes, when do they Zara. have the time? When do they have the time? But anyway, um, I digress. Um, all right, so Zara, uh, yes. So let's talk about Alex and Henry. Okay, what do you think about them? Did you like their relationship? Was it believable? What are your thoughts? It's believable. I think Henry is written with flaws, which mm. we don't get a lot when we write in this kind of point of view. Yeah, we don't. I think. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt. I said it was first person, but it right. isn't. It's third. Yeah, it's, it's third actually, person. It's third person limited, so you yeah. actually don't get henry's perspective except through the filter of of alex the narrator yeah right which is interesting i i by the way i love i i have i find a hard time as a writer personally to write in that third person it's not easy it's not it's not easy Mm -mm. so bravo because this was excellent written in that point i mean the default is first person because it's right it's what's easier to think in yeah right and yeah so, um, but I like Alex. I like that he has flaws. I like who he is. It he's very um determined, right, okay. as a character. Yeah. And I find it interesting, like uh a good example is like he glosses over his college graduation. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal, it's just a step in he the road and the LSATs and doesn't even like open his results for like months. Right. Like I find crazy. that very telling of him as a character, mm-hmm. like things that are major for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. He's just seeing it as a peg in the board, right? right. It is just something he's got to do to get to the next step. Right. And I think Henry crossing his path made him slow down to see that life has more than just check marks on a right. list. Right. Well, Alex, I mean, his big goal was to be the youngest person uh, elected to Congress. Right. Um, whereas Henry is sort of still in a gap year that's kind of gone on longer than a gap year. He wants right. to be a writer. He wants to be a writer, which isn't an acceptable career in the royal mm-hmm. family. They go into the military and then they be royals. Because um, that's but, a job. Right. Well, I mean, it is. They get a paycheck. Um, For sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that they are complementary of each other. Um, I I like one of the things, and you brought this up, the, the different styles. We get a lot of interaction with them through text message and through email. Yeah. And they are deeply moving. Um, right. There's so much emotion behind it. And in a lot of ways, I feel like their relationship progressed to the level to a level of love because they communicated that way and not because they communicated in person because a lot of what they were doing in person was really just banging. Like they were together for like a hot second and everybody was naked. Um, So their communication was mostly through digital means. It was, you know, them. It kind of, it was a buffer. It was. Yeah. 
It was a chastity belt, really. Right. An ocean, an ocean is a chastity belt. <laughs> right. And it probably was helpful for Alex because he's discovering his sexuality. He's, he's always referred to himself as straight, but we get glimpses in the book where he may not have really ever quite this been is, straight. And this, this book, I, I don't know if you have it square, like written out that we're going to talk about this, but this book does such a great job going through that journey. Yeah. Learning him realizing, oh crap, I've always felt this way right. and I've never acknowledged it. Right. This is who I am. I'm a bisexual. Right. End of line. Right. And, right. and I think this is a story several people have felt. Right. Unfortunately, not everybody has the support system Alex does. Yeah. And that's, and, but the fear he felt about telling his family is a yeah. fear every person in the LGBTQ plus community feels. Right. And it's well written. It right. is very well written. Right. And what I like about it is that it's not this whole, it's not a whole thing. I mean, yeah, he's kind of struggling with it. He's. But it's I, real I, life. I, right. Right. It I, doesn't. I, I, I found it interesting that he talks about how he uh, he has a friend Liam mm-hmm. who is that right is that his name Liam mm-hmm. um, and yes they Liam were in from high school, high school together and they mess around right um, they would watch porn together and they would masturbate together and there were times when they were making out and Liam might have like reached around and like yeah. and he his whole thing was he thought if he were gay that it would be a bigger deal to him. But right. I think, but I think to myself, and he also thought that this happened all the time, right? That dudes did this all the time. But I think to myself that, I mean, if I'm making out with a guy, my husband, for example, like that's confirmation to me. Like I'm enjoying this. This is great. Right. I don't understand why Alex never really got there until it came to, from Henry. So. As you know, my first year, year teaching, actually my first three years teaching, I taught in a school for the performing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had a lot of kids, uh, a lot of students that were LGBTQ. Um, and uh, we had an ally club, and I was one of the sponsors for that. Um, I definitely think high schools, it's much harder to be out, to be any part of yourself right. in high school. Um Especially in Texas where they were. Well, this was in Florida. Well, I was Um, talking about for the book. Sorry. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, And and I think like um, at a school for the arts, you would expect it to be more, you know, accommodating and understanding. But it wasn't. Um, I was the yearbook. Yeah, I know. I was the yearbook teacher and my principal told me I wasn't allowed to put same sex couples in the yearbook on the couple. What? I know. And that's absolutely absurd. And at the time, and I can't, right. And I can't say that this is true um, anymore because I don't know the Florida rules, but at the time as a teacher, you could be fired for anything that was considered immoral. And that was up to your district to decide. Um, And I just thought to myself, you do realize that a lot of your staff are LGBTQ. We have a lot of gay people on our staff. And I think we're, you know, and obviously we're getting hyper-political, which mm-hmm. this is our opinions, not anybody right. else's. Right. I feel like in 2021, we should not be judging anyone for their sexuality, how they identify, right. nothing. Right. Because as human beings, we are all different. We are all created different. We 
and, come out in different shapes and sizes when we're born. And I'm a- thankful that we live in a time now where we are able to be more where we, where we are more accepting. Right. Where where people who are LGBTQ can get married. You know what I mean? Right. Like my uncle uh, who's deceased now, he was gay. He and his partner were together for 20 years. My mom collected husbands like there was nobody's business. Um, but trading they were together, cards. Let's right. call them trading cards. She did. Um, but <laughs> but uh, my uncle and his partner, Mike, were together for 20 years. And when my uncle was dying, Mike would not have been allowed to be in the room by Ohio law at that time had it not been for our family being like, oh, no, he's family. Right. At, because they couldn't legally be married. So I'm very thankful that we are in a time now where that's different. But I can imagine um, being a high schooler, um, you know, you don't ever really want to be yourself. I was like super awkward and weird because I just didn't want people to know same. my trauma. And, you know, they, I just didn't want I'm them to know me. I'm still super awkward and weird, though. I mean, same. But, um, but I think it's really cool the way Alex discovers who he is. Um, and in a safe setting, I safe, feel yeah. like he has a safe setting right? and that's not always the case. Right. And, and I think, uh, today's youth, the youths, um, the I think chitlins. Yeah. I think they are more open to experimenting sexually. And so I think that's where Alex was just like, I'm just experimenting. And then right. he finally oh, got, and- they're okay with not having a label to it, yeah. you know? It, right. it, and it is an older generation thing. I will say our generation up like having things named, right? Yeah. They right. like having things labeled. Right. And I think when it comes to younger generations, they don't need that. You know what I right. mean? Like you love who you love and that's it. Right. And I think, uh, I think that it was just... You know, he's coming from a supportive family, so that's great. And you get the dichotomy of Henry, who is not from a supportive family. No, poor Henry, man. His grandma, who's the queen. um, Pretty much told him to shut it down at the end. Yeah. she. Well, in the middle of the book, we find out that she told him, uh, if you have any unnatural feelings, we can basically hire somebody to marry you, and you could just go bang who you want. Um, like he's never come just make out sure they her. sign an NDA. <laughs> right, he's never come out to her. He's never been honest about it. Um, there's only one person in his family who knows, which is his sister B, um, Beatrice, and uh, she. He came out to her in kind of a traumatic way. She was a drug addict and a left rehab, and he he's went just and found like, her. And was we're like, all like losing her shit, man. Yeah, he's like, you need to get yourself right because dad's dead and you're a drug addict, and I don't want you to die because I'm gay and I need somebody. Um, and but uh, I mean, if you haven't grown up with trauma and had a very similar conversation with a sibling, we can't relate. Right, we're not here. We don't understand you. <laughs> that's um, why we use humor because that's how we cover the trauma. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I actually want to talk a little bit since we just talked about what Henry said be to be, I want to talk about the dialogue in this book. Okay. Um, I, okay. Molly, I know you're a writer and I dabble in writing and I'm a a major reader. It's my thing. It is very, very rare to have somebody who writes dialogue so authentically in their first go at writing. This is her first novel. Right. And her dialogue is so funny and relatable and well, real. It feels, it feels real. Yes. yes. It feels real. But let's talk about how many edits it takes to get there. Let's oh, talk about I'm on sure. the other side of that. 
I'm sure. When, when I will, I wonder if I can pull something up real quick from her book. I mean, I'm sure that it did take a few edits to get there because nobody's perfect. So, and we all know that when you go through the like, editing okay, process. Okay, so I'm on page 154. All right. Okay, and she goes, Alex, first son of shrinking responsibilities. Yeah. It goes on and on. I'm yeah. sure that was either super short or either super long. Yeah. And we had to cut it down and make it funny and because making those funny and quippy is hard because not every email is mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. So I'm sure she, I am certain she racked herself right over the coals trying to make that. And had an edit, uh, and, and I'm sure there's an amazing editor out there somewhere. Oh, sure, I'm sure that that is like. But I have to major, major snaps, major applause to her because even right. if an editor took a, a red pen to it and helped her make it better, and that's really what editors do, boys and girls. A little lesson on publishing: editors <laughs> really do rewrite a lot of books. Word. They uh, don't just correct your grammar. It's not like your English teacher correcting grammar and spelling. It's not like that. They rewrite whole chunks of books. I I have a friend I know from the Coast Guard who is one of my beta readers, mm-hmm. and let me tell you what. She, if I ever had the monies, she will be my editor because the notes she gives yeah. help shape and form these stories. Right. And shout out, Teresa, because you have yeah. helped me in so many ways, lady. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure, you know, went through the editing process, just like all books that are published do. But I, I just think what she did, it's, it's smart and it's engaging and she understands all of her characters well enough that like they all have a very clear point of view and you know when you're reading it oh yeah that's something june would right. say that's well, something nora would say and i also feel like this author's very young i'm gonna yeah. say she's you know what i mean she, she writes different ages very well right oh yeah she i writes, agree she writes ellen the president well she mm-hmm. writes um leo and oscar really well she writes yeah. everyone so well mm-hmm. and Getting in different age groups' head spaces writing right. is hard. Right. I mean, the English language is hard. Like, right. Let's not lie. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I just wanted to, you know, point that out. Um, Tom, would, my husband, uh, who I've talked about a few times in the pod, would come no. in while I was reading. <laughs> I know, right? And I'd be cracking up, and he would just roll his eyes and walk out. But um, I just, first of all, he doesn't, when he comes in and he's laughing, he doesn't know if I'm laughing because it's a funny humor, humor written, written piece, or if it's because they're being naughty because I, <laughs> I still Such laugh, comfortable. like I still laugh like I'm 12 and like watching and rated our movie, like, oh my gosh, they're kissing each other, what's happening right now? Because <laughs> well, it feels intimate, right? Right. You're invading, right. you feel like you're invading someone's privacy by yeah. reading it. And I've read a few uh, LGBTQ romances, um, and I, this one I like. The, probably this is probably my favorite. It's also the only one that I've read that was adult fiction. This is not YA. Right. Um, Alex and Henry are both youngish adults. They're in their right. early they're in twenties, but it's they're drinking, not YA. So yeah, yeah they're, they're Alex is a senior in college, in college, and Henry is in his gap year, and like I think he's twenty four. Yeah. Um. So they're youngish adults, but they're not young adults. Like they're not teens. Um. So this is the first one I read that was adult. It's it's very naughty. It's, uh, very it's spicy. Naughty. Um. It's what spicy. is that? Um. 
it's a, it's a sound from TikTok. Spicy. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. Why is it spicy? But <laughs> I know to all of our listeners, Molly sends me TikToks all the time. Like at this point, I feel like I should just join so she can share them easier. It'll just make me send you more. That's you're true. giving me a barrier. Let's not lie. You're just giving me a barrier. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, okay. So um, one of the things that happens to be very funny dialogue and also just an example of knowing your characters really well, when Alex comes out to his mom. Now, I want to preface this for our readers by saying Alex literally gets caught when Henry right. falls out of his closet. Like a literal thing. By Zara. By Zara. Zara. At the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. Which, first of all, a royal, a member of the royal family should not be supporting any political figure in the U.S. So being in the no. DNC. Especially not at a political, like, not a political party either. Right, right, right. So being in the DNC was already a bit sketch. But Lord. he was there because. Um, Very low key there, right? right? Like He was there because Henry, he, he was already in New York, but he stayed. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but something happened that Alex had a really bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, I don't know. There was a oh, lot of his, stuff happening. His friend, Rafael Luna, right. who, who he helped get elected to Congress, um, is now going to be on the other side. His right. mom's opponent, uh, Rafael Luna, is on his, on his uh, team. Um, he was an independent, so he wasn't a Democrat like Alex's family. Mm -hmm. Um, But they did help him and they consider him to be family. And Henry came to support Alex after that. And, you know, they had sex. And the next morning, Zara came to wake him up. Busted in. Because his his phone was dead. Yeah. And uh, first she's pretty mad because uh, you need to... uh, to Because she thought she had a rando girl in there. Right. right. Um, And then Henry falls out of his closet. And Zara's response is basically like, first of all, she's hilarious and she's pretty much like you're gonna be the fucking death of me um, which i mean she's not wrong right not like wrong. alex is a massive from if this yeah. was written from zara's point of view that boy is a pain in the ass oh, let me tell sure. you what and she's that boy is a pain in the ass i love how she says she's known him since he was leaving skid marks in his underpants like, <laughs> i mean because true boys <laughs> boys they're gross boys I'm, my boys are gross anyway um so, so he she tells him you need to come out you need to tell your mom what's happening right she doesn't say you need to come out to your mom she says you need to tell her about your you need to tell her before i do pretty much right. like you tell her i'm gonna tell her because somebody's gonna let her know this is going on right so the funny scene uh when madam president becomes mom and decides to have a new sex talk with alex and okay, i can see the powerpoint the powerpoint slides had me rolling. Oh I goodness. can see their whole childhood in this, right? Yes. Like, this is family meetings are like business like. Let's get down to it. This is the facts. Here's how it is. Mm-hmm. Ship shape, ship up or ship out, man. Like, that's how this is going to be. And let's not lie. If you've seen me interact with my children, you know I'm very similar. Ship up or sh- shape up or ship out. Like, yes. there is no. <laughs> So I love I'm her. To, I I'm trying to love find her. This, the here we go. It's in chapter nine. Yeah. All right. So here are um here are some the slides. slides. Oh, God, the slides. These are the titles of the slides from the PowerPoint that his mother has with him. Um, 
First of all, she sends him a calendar request that says calendar request from back mom. up in 15 minutes. 2 p.m. <laughs> West Wing, first floor, international ethics and sexual identity debrief. <laughs> and here are the slide titles. Exploring your sexual sexuality. Healthy, but does it have to be with the Prince of England? <laughs> The next one is federal funding, travel expenses, booty calls, and you. And um, is that all of them that they mentioned here? I oh, and then the pamphlets. Okay. I, had, I had Planned Parenthood bring these over. I love this, though. This is this is a really good supportive mom here. She's like, oh, one last thing. I know Texas public schools don't have sex ed for shit. And we didn't go over this when we had the talk, which is on me for assuming. Which, bravo, mom, for saying right. I was wrong for assuming that you were straight. Um, and where'd it go? Uh, so I just want to make sure you know that you still need to use condoms, even if you're having anal. And he's like, thank you, mom. Bye. Bye. And she's like, wait, I had Planned Parenthood send over some pamphlets. Pamphlet. One. <laughs> they sent a bike messenger and everything. <laughs> and uh, I, I, just, I love that moment because she's being mom and president at the same time. And um, I just, I love it. But you sh- <laughs> it shows who she is as a person, right? She's, yes, okay. and she's good. So um, I want to bounce back to Alex for a second and okay, talk yeah. about who he is as a gay rights advocate, okay? Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. this is like a thing for him. And it starts early, right? Like in the beginning of chapter seven, he even makes, he's talking about all these gay, who are gay, right? Uh-huh. Like he talks about how Bowie was sleeping with everyone back in the, Day. This is Henry was saying. Henry, that. yep, Henry. Okay. And um he makes a joke about Lupin from Harry Potter being gay, which I completely agree. I think Lupin and Severus were a thing, but that's Okay, a- but see, I don't get that because I've read what three and a half of the books yeah. and I'm like, I don't but get that, but whatever. It, 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 it's also in the deep recesses of fanfic. Oh. Right. <laughs> I mean but- the Harry Potter fandom runs deep too word oh they're all are crazy i i will say i'm like a five out of like 50 of the like i i know my house i know all that jazz but i'm not like sitting here writing fanfic every night and like but he like he even gets to the point at the end spoiler at the end of the book he's opening you know safe houses for gay use like he is and i think i mean I don't understand how England didn't know he was gay. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Putting he's this so well dressed. He's so handsome. Like, I, no, but I mean, all of his projects were right. LGBTQ centered. Right. Um, and uh, his best friend Pez or Peza. Um, Pez. I love Pez. He's amazing. Every single book that has British characters in it needs someone like Peza in it. Like, you just can't. And we have, how we have a Pez? similar camera. We have a similar character in um, the Royal We. There's right. a very similar character, right? Um, but he he's very flaming. The guy is straight, right. but he is straighter like, than the day is long because he's, he's obsessed with June. He is so in love with June. He's Which I need straight, a roll but... off. I need a roll off book of those two. Oh my gosh! Please. I just want to know what happened in the hotel room where the next morning they woke up and Alex no- noticed that she had lipstick on her neck, and Nora, Peza, and June were in that hotel room together. I, I, and I'm Nora sorry. is also but not I, straight. Okay, I, re- I read that. I read that wrong. I thought Nora and B were coming out of a room. 
No. I thought, I, oh, okay. I totally it's read that as Nora, Nora B were hooking up. It's Nora, June, and Pez uh, all in a room together. You know what? That wouldn't surprise me because Nora is constantly talking about June in a lustful way. So yeah, let's not true. lie. And June says I, things back to Nora too. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. You know what? It's a weird little thruple thing that gold, that, that, you know, the White House trio is, but it works for them. Well, Alex and Nora have literally slept together. But, like, yeah, they dated. They were a couple. A they yeah. even, you know, talk about how one day that they're going to marry and just make things like, right. Oh, fish. Right. Which I highly doubt. But that's know. not going to happen. No. But, you know. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, sorry. I, I love that about Henry, too. He's definitely, uh, he knows the deep history of the LGBTQ community. In well, it was Bowie and someone else, Jagger. He was talking about how Bowie and Jagger were sleeping around all, all over up you. and down the street in England. Yeah. And um, and I think that's really a good point. What What's interesting is Alex, um, you know, his role model is a gay man who's in Congress. Um, yes. And... Uh, but he doesn't really consider himself to be an activist until he starts discovering that side of himself. So right. I guess, you know, he would still he be an ally. He supported it, but he didn't feel like he needed to be right. active. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And that brings me to my favorite quote from the book, which also ends up being, I think, probably the thing that defines this book. Right. Which is when Alex and Henry are talking uh, through one of their emails about all these people, and they keep exchanging uh, letters, love letters that have been from people who, like Eleanor Roosevelt, that many people thought were, was probably gay, and um, she had a living girlfriend. She was gay, <laughs> and Hamilton. Um, there's there's a whole thing, but Hamilton's um, fluid. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he says history, huh? How about, I wonder if we could make some. And I think that that is the big defining uh, it's a great quote. quote. History, huh, ends up being, um, obviously what happens, there's a scandal. Uh, Henry and um, Alex are found out by the other campaign, possibly, or somebody has leaked footage of them together. And um, they, first of all, that's terrible for Henry because- he's never even come out to his family but um people start making t-shirts that say history huh yeah because the emails get leaked right and they and they are supporting him and henry's relationship which by the way they were already writing fanfic about the two of them banging anyway so um yeah so i think i think it's really a great quote the other great quote from this that i really like is politics calculating even in hashtags (laughs) and i cannot think of a better way to define current american politics other than that yeah <laughs> um so uh okay i do want to um i do want to take just a, a brief little talk about politics okay but, so i think this is actually brief. good because i was going to talk about it too okay and, okay let's forewarn you guys april and i sit on different sides of the bar we do we have views from both sides of the of the aisle. But we still love each other. And that's a good message to everybody. Stop hating people on the other side just because they don't so, think the same. Um, actually, I'll dive into this first if that's okay. Um, so when she talked about Texas going blue in 2020, mm-hmm. I cried. Because of how close here in Texas we were on 2020 going blue. It was a battleground state for the first time in a very long time. And... 
it was joyful and it was heartbreaking at the same time because before it was hopeful. Now mm-hmm. it's just devastating because we were a battleground state one. There were a lot of positions that we needed blue Senate seats to get. We needed blue areas to light up mm-hmm. because there is a lot of old white men here in Texas making a lot of stingy mm-hmm. old rules that are not necessary anymore here. Mm-hmm. And Texas going blue would help shape that and change that because there is a lot of backwards thinking here still, you know? But Molly, I, I'm sorry, but Texas being blue feels like something that's a pipe dream because the only part of Texas that is blue is Austin. Right. It is. Well, Harris County starting to go purple. Let's say that. Uh, Harris County is so surprising to me. Harris County is turning purple. We have a lot of judges that are blue and but without getting like hyper political about this and getting into like the pros and cons and like what's going on the that feeling of hope of wanting it i i sat up and watched texas Mm -hmm. uh, uh the night of 2020 i hoped and prayed for every county that was a battleground county so and i i knew that feeling i yeah felt that deep in my soul right if you don't have those political views, this is a hyper political book and from one side. And and that's the key right there. Um so the first time I read this book, I enjoyed it because it's funny and it's sexy and the second time I read it and it was the same thing. This time I was really bothered by the politics of it. I but do I mean, not that's think, her point of view, right? And it's aggressively it's aggressively liberal. And the reason I say that is because it does not, this book is not written with a clear understanding of what conservatives and Republicans believe. Right. The main figure in this book who is a Republican is a closeted pedophile. Right. He's a gay man. Which is gross. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's he a is pedophile, he is, yeah. but he's also looking for boys and girls. And, um, and it's, of course, he has to be closeted. He's a sexual up. predator. He's and a sexual predator. Yes, he is. He is 100%. And um, the idea is basically that the only people who support LGBTQ community are are liberals. And that's just simply not true. And that's not true. But the. the uh, OK, from. I'm trying to find the words right without feet. What is in mainstream media, both red and blue sides, Mm -hmm. the people that have the power and the voice are not the ones that are on the border. The ones that are pro-life, pro-choice, that are still red, they don't have the microphone, right? Mm -hmm. The people that have the microphone and have the biggest voice are the ones that are against the LGBTQ plus community. I disagree with you because I don't think it's the politicians that have the microphone. It's CNN, right? It's MSNBC, it's Fox News. They're guilty of it too. Um, I'm a former journalism teacher. I don't watch one particular political. I don't watch one particular show over another. I actually think they're all crap. I hate the way that our media is right now. It's because it's very disturbing. polarizing. Agreed. It's very polarizing. And this book, while I love it so much, and I think it is a great coming of age story and a, a journey in someone's sexuality, and it's just really well written. I am bothered by the fact that she doesn't really understand politics and yet she wrote a book about politics. And so that is my big gripe about this book. Because, you know, every book that we read, I'm going to have an issue with something. Nothing's perfect. Except for maybe To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, that's perfect. (laughs) Um, 
But I don't know. The book's kind of old. <laughs> it's still perfect. Okay. Harper Lee is a fucking genius. Was a fucking genius. May she rest in peace. I love her with all my life. R.I.P. <laughs> She's amazing. The woman could have written a grocery list and I would have paid a billion dollars for it because she's amazing. Um, you have a billion dollars? What are you doing? With your life? <laughs> if I had a million dollars. <laughs> I'd be rich. I'd be rich. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm sorry to diverge into politics for those of you who are listening and you're not political. Molly and I don't talk about politics a lot. Um, it's a big part of both of our lives because we come right. from backgrounds in which our employers are political in nature. I am a teacher Agreed. and a librarian, which are both funded federally and state and locally. Molly is former military, which is obviously federally funded. So our jobs are political in nature. Right. Um, we do sit on two opposite sides of the aisle, just like she said. Um, but, but we, we have very over, we have overlying, very similar views. Right. It's just we have different ways we think like we can go about them. And I think that that's really the important takeaway of this politics is not all right and left. There no. is a lot of center. There is more, there's center. a lot of us that are in there the middle more of center than there is right and left. So here's a quote. It's, uh, I believe that you can protect your part farm, your pot farm with your husband and Uzi. If you want, just leave me alone. <laughs> right. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> Please snap um, that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> so on that note, um, so fantasy casting, fantasy casting. Yes. So, okay. okay. So as of right now, there is not a movie in the making for this. Although I Amazon has it. IMDb has a, a page open or um, a uh, page. I sent Molly a link. Um, if I can find it again, I can link it in uh, our YouTube video. Um, it is Amazon bought it. Amazon yeah. bought it before the book was published. So um, they had preview rights, which means right. they liked it enough to hold on to it. Right. And it, it was a bidding war as right. well. So no one has been cast that's been, that we know of. Nothing has been done on this production, but I want to talk about dream casting. Okay. So I have three hard ones I don't want to argue about. Okay. And then I have ones that are negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, first of all, I just want to say I only came up with people for Alex and Henry. Have you cast the entire book? <laughs> Very close to it. Oh my god! Okay, I so love my, you so much. <laughs> so my three hearts. First and foremost, Madam President Ellen. I thought of this person as soon as I started reading, hearing this book, and I know it makes no sense, and I'm not going to argue about this. This is who it should be, <laughs> Deborah Messing. Really. Deborah Messing. Stop. Pause. No, think about it. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> Guys, then, she's not letting me debate this. No. No. This is. I told you. There are threes we're not having a uh, conversation about. Number two. Leo. The stepdad and the husband. Okay. Nick Offerman. Oh my gosh. I kind of love that. I kind okay. of love that. <laughs> Nick Offerman. He. Not at all how that. I picture. Not at all how I picture Leo. But. He would be it's perfect. Perfect. He okay. Perfect. Number three, and this is my last hard and fast, and then I have the rest of my casting. Zara will be played by Amy Poehler. No. Yeah. Shut. You don't get a point. This, I saw three hards. No. The rest you can argue. First no. of all, Zara is an African American woman, so it cannot yes. be Amy. <laughs> That's true. As okay. much as I love Amy Poehler, <laughs> it it's true. Her. She is. But I hear her tenor, her voice, her demeanor. 
So, um, so for the rest of the casting, June, Florence, uh, I'm going to say her last name wrong, Puga. Pew. Pew. Oh, she would be great. She would be great. Okay. Um, Henry would be played by Jaron Lewison. He's from Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling show. Okay. I don't know that show. He's got dark hair, but he would be really good as Henry. Okay. Alex would be played by Taylor Zahar Perez, who was in uh, Kissing Booth. Oh, that would be a good one. Uh, Nora is Nora is Ariel Winters. Uh, I could get on board with that. I kind of always pictured her more like, oh, I can't think of her name. Um, I'm keep going. I'm gonna look up. The okay, name so Pez, I want a new Bollywood star. Bring me your best Bollywood star because I don't think we have an influx of enough Bollywood in American film and I want them. Oscar Diaz is going to be Benjamin played by Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, I can see that. And I that's, that's that. all I got. That's all I got. Um, first of all, Pez is definitely African. So that won't work. I thought he was Indian. No, he's African. May okay. Whitman. Well, the near May Whitman, that's who I picture Nora. Okay. She's just, May's not old. It's too old for that role now, though. But see, everybody I picked is too old for the role. Okay. All right. I want to hear him, though. I have issues. I want to hear him. Okay. Hang on one second, because I forgot the name of the person that I had in mind. I love May, though. May, I love you. You are fantastic. I've loved you since freaking Independence Day, when you were just a little nugget. Well, she's amazing, and I love her. Um... Okay, so everybody that I've picked is too old to actually be That's the okay. people in this book. I kind of love it, though. Um, so, President, um, and this is probably a little too typecasting, but I'm going to do it anyway. Bellamy Young from Scandal. Okay, that's good. She's got that good Southern twang down, and she played a president, so she works. <laughs> so, um, check. Done. <laughs> um, I didn't come up with somebody for Leo, but I 100% think that... Um, that uh oh my gosh i just drew a blank nick offerman nick offerman would be amazing um uh for alex again this person's too old but ryan guzman from 911 and from heroes yeah um that man is just hot latin Mm -hmm. loveliness yeah Um, for real and Henry Sam Claflin from oh, Finnick O'Dare. Finnick O'Dare from Hunger Games. Um, he's amazing. He's this hot British guy. And, and he also has a massive range. He does. From, he has a massive range as an actor. And, um, nice ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Congratulations, sir. Gosh. Just admiring God's handiwork. That's all. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's who I would go with on that. Um, I totally agree with you on June. I think Florence Pugh would be great. Um, she would be great. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's some dream casting for me. Who am I missing? Who's, oh, Zara. Zara. Um, so, okay, here's her name. Oh, goodness. I do not know how to say this name either. (laughs) I am so sorry for this pronunciation. Yara... Shahadi, Shahidi. What do we um, know her from? Blackish and youngish. Oh yeah, grown Grownish. Grownish. Uh, that's that's her spinoff that she has. Uh, yes. From oh, she would be good. That is one hundred percent how I picture Zara. Um, but she's older. Zara's much older. She's the same age as the president. I didn't get that. I got that she was somewhere in between 
June in Lady President. I she was like in her thirties. Yeah. Okay. But the president's older. Okay. So in the comments, tell us who your fantasy casting is. Fantasy casting, yes. Always Please. important. But because again, because you, know, you know Hollywood will never listen to us, and it'll be someone that we like are like, what the fuck? This is not. Who but like is. I said, Deborah Messing, Nick Offerman. They're solids. You're not going to change my opinion on those. I do, I do not agree with Deborah Messing at all. I, okay. At Did all. you ever see uh, Mysteries of Laura? Her cop show. Okay. So no. she had a cop show back in the day. What? Yeah, she did. It was so good. Shut up. It was so good. And she was a serious. Who actress. let her do that? <laughs> NBC, man. They oh wanted gosh. to keep her on. She probably had a company freaking contract. And they're like, better use her before she leaves. <laughs> Oh, you know who we didn't we didn't cast uh, these people, but some side characters to talk about real quick. Um, the main Secret Service agent is a transgender woman. Yes, so it'd be nice to actually cast somebody who is trans. Trans, which always right. Um, so yes, Hollywood, please start casting actors that identify as trans and um, in appropriate roles, right? And instead of putting men in dresses that let's not even talk men. about like george o'malley being uh, you know tr knight being forced to play a straight man <laughs> Aww, but i love george i love george too but it would have been nice for him to get one of the later lgbtq plus roles as well <laughs> since he is a part of the community well, was there anything else that you uh, wanted to talk about for this one? Because we are. Um, so my I notes. Think. What do I got in my notes? I got my notes. You know, talking about the formatting. I really hope there is a runoff of this. Oh, yeah. I do. The one thing I really want to talk about is Alex and June outside of the trio. Right. As brother a, and sister. Have a very codependent relationship. Mm hmm. And I think that stems from the divorce. When yeah. you are bounced between two households yeah. and it's you and somebody else. Yeah. It, that whole, you know, codependency is long running, you know? So I want to see how you felt about it. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, uh, my mic went all weird for a second. Um, that's okay. So if you're wondering why I was making weird faces, that's why. Um, yeah, I definitely think that. Um, I think she felt the big sister role, which I'm the big sister and you're the big sister. So we understand like that protective role. Um, she gave up a lot for him, but I also think part of June's problem is not um, the protectiveness that she feels for Alex. I think a lot of her problem is her own insecurities as well. Like she was, well, and you know, she's not getting to write what she wants to write. She's not getting. She is being put in a box because of who she is, right? Who she she's not getting to write the things she want to write. She's not allowed to write her political views. She's right, and being there for Alex and pretty much keeping Alex on track is helping her distract herself from. Yeah. Being, you know, focusing on herself. But I also you know? think that Alex takes leaps that June never would. Right. And sometimes you just have to do it. Like she gave right. up a lot for him that he didn't ask her to do that. Right. Um, uh, one last thing for me. Um, I, I do want to say it's very funny 
to listen to the audiobook and hear him say poop emoji because <laughs> um, he reads the entire, our narrator reads everything reads that's the in the text. Thing. Let me see if I can pull which, it up real quick. Um, if you're Prince, watching us on YouTube, we can show you uh, what we're talking about. But, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, HRH Prince Dickhead poop emoji. And Al- it, yes. And Alex, I don't know if it'll focus enough for you to see. Alex has uh, Henry in his phone with that. And it's it doesn't change. I mean, even as they're, like, loving each other, it doesn't right. change. He's still got the poop emoji. Um, but, that, like, even his – but, like, he has a lot of the people he texts are like that, right? Right. And then, like – Okay, the group chat. What is the chat three geniuses going? and Alex? <laughs> and like, do I really need to be in this chat? How many times? How many times have you gotten a group chat and they're not even talking to you, but they right. want you in the loop, right. and right. you're just like, "Why the f- frack am I here, man?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. that's about the time that I'm like, uh, "I'm gonna turn you guys off for a little while." <laughs> I'll catch uh, up later. So uh, the first kiss is a really iconic moment in this book. Um, Henry is at their New Year's Eve party. There's fantastic banter. Um, Alex is grinding with Nora while Henry's watching him. Because he's never seen a junior high dance before. (laughs) And they're grinding and Henry can't stop watching Alex. Right. And um, Henry kind of disappears. And when Alex Alex finds him, him... They have the conversation of, like, I thought I I like you, basically. And mm-hmm. he just leans over and he kisses Alex and Alex is, like, into it. Right. So that's, like, the first moment there. Um, there was tongue, as uh, Nora says. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I think, I want to know your take on this, too. I think Henry was in, at least in like with Alex from Jump. Oh, and Yeah. I, and I think Alex, and I think there's a lot of evidence of that. And I think, and Alex, I think Alex has always liked him. I mean, the evidence of the like little the yeah. the teen magazines from when they were kids, right? right like, right. I think he always liked him. I don't think he realized how much he cared for him right. until time started going on, right? Which you know, that's hard. You know. Okay, so to close out, your favorite scene in the book. My favorite scene in the book. Um, it's probably the New Year's Eve kiss. That's probably my favorite. I really loved their time in Texas. I think seeing Alex and June and Nora and Henry out of the public eye. Yeah. In a family place that is away from the world. Yeah. Seeing them in a different setting and seeing them just get to be different than who they are in public light was refreshing for them. Right. But it's also the point that becomes really scary too. Right. For all, for the boys. Right. Because it's just, it's a little too real. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, so I, um, I think I got through like all of my things. That's all of my things. Um, I think we're I running about- a little long, so I'm sorry to our listeners. because I'm not. Long. As always, she's going to apologize, and I'm not. <laughs> um, Molly, do you want to tell us what we are Ooh, talking oh, about next week? I am so excited for this book. Let me tell you what. 
Um, so Discovery of Witches next week, which we've been having a really fun conversation about. Mm-hmm. We've been I having a really fun. Which they will hear in a week. <laughs> which will, you guys will hear in a week, which I think the fact that this is my jam, right? This is, mm-hmm. I love Deb's this writing. This is sacred to you. This is, this is, this is Bible to me, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is my standard for good writing. Mm-hmm. And for you to take the dive into reading into a genre that's not your jam. Yep. I, I, I appreciate. So, yeah. um, we have a lot coming up. Yeah. What did I have? I have it written down. We yeah, have Discovery. After, after, after Discovery this- is Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Right. Which was another then- pick of mine. Right, and then what else do we have with that? And then in September, we are going to dive into some banned books. Yeah. Which is like every book I've ever loved was a banned book. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. It's going to be fun. All right. So I think we're done. I think that's it. I love you, Molly. Thank I love you, you lady. Thank you with me again this week. <sighs> I It's been I fun. Thanks for hosting. I've been, this is a blast. I know. It's been great. All right. Well, I will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Pritiga. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.